Well, hello. I'm Lainey, also known as Electro Girl, and I'm an advocate for empowering people to get back in the driver's seat of their diagnosis. See, I was diagnosed with epilepsy 30 years ago and basically was never satisfied with hearing from a doctor that pharmaceuticals would be the only approach to controlling my seizures. I just wasn't going to take it. Out of my way, mortal. So I committed many, many years to researching and finding an answer outside of the Western medicine approach to find a more holistic approach in managing and treating my epilepsy and the seizures. The Love Your Diagnosis podcast is a show about exactly that. Each week, we will be looking into the life of someone who has been diagnosed with a condition or illness and has succeeded in managing their diagnosis both in and outside of Western medicine. To start off, we will look at the Western medicine prognosis and approach to dealing with their diagnosis inside the square. Then, we'll dip our toes a little deeper into their story where we talk about other empowering modalities that worked for those people outside of that square. Basically, what put them back in the driver's seat of their diagnosis. So hang around with me while we explore living in and outside the medical square when it comes to loving your diagnosis. Today on the podcast, as a little brief intro to it, we have Kate McIntosh, who has been living with anxiety and depression most of her life. She's 43 now. But the interesting thing about Kate's story is that she was living with something that was partially causing all of this and not really understanding what it was all about. Something called PMDD, premenstrual dysphorphic deficiency, which is a very real thing for women. I mean, any women listening out there will know that before they menstruate, there is some form of PMS and that causes irritability, mood swings, all that sort of stuff. But with women that experience PMDD, they go down really hard and it could be two weeks, it could be three weeks, it could be it could be a whole cycle, you know, as Kate will, will mention about her own cycle, where you don't just experience a few little hormonal ups and downs, you go deep into a depressive mood disorder state and it's and it's highly related. And that wasn't picked up till much later in her life. It's a really interesting story and we go deep into how Kate has found not only antidepressants to work for her, but a lovely little medicine that comes directly from nature that I would really tune in and listen to as it has extremely amazing benefits for lots of people that are experiencing anxiety and depression. So I'm not going to give that away, but I'll let Kate do it. So let's go on this journey. So I'm very excited to to talk with Kate today because uh, for so many reasons, but um, you know, particularly exploring her diagnosis. So welcome, Kate. How are you doing? Hi, Lainey. I'm good, thank you. Good. Let's just jump straight into it. So with the question of what uh, have you been diagnosed with in your life, and how long ago? And just a brief description of ones that perhaps aren't as common. Okay. So I have been diagnosed with anxiety, um, acute anxiety, and also with treatment-resistant depression 
I've also been diagnosed with PMDD. What does that stand for? That's a, re- <laughs> that's a really good question. It stands for premenstrual dysphoric disorder. So there's a thing called PME, which is really just the combination of having a depression or some kind of mental health diagnosis in combination with the PMDD. So let's just leave that one out. So yes, I've got PMDD and treatment-resistant depression and anxiety. Okay. Let's focus today a little bit more on the anxiety and the treatment-resistant depression because that's an interesting thing in itself being that as I understand it there's nothing that can actually fix this for you in in a doctor's mind is that is that correct yeah that that's how they were approaching that and that's why it got that label treatment resistant for that it was just depression (laughs) yeah I ended up seeing a psychiatrist and I think that's who gave me that particular label. How old are you now if you don't mind sharing that Kate? So I'm 43 and these problems started um well I had a panic attack my first panic attack when I was 11 yeah so I I really think all of these issues have been with me pretty much my whole adult life. And when you were younger and you had the panic attacks, did you just, was it was it acknowledged by family as being something maybe that was something that would have to be addressed or was it just like maybe it looked at as a quirk? I guess it was looked at as a quirk. Well, the thing is with my first panic attack, it came when my, it was actually the night of my father's wedding to his new wife. So my parents had recently been divorced so it was trauma related the first panic attack I had I suppose Um, it was a very emotional time so but in terms of me being anxious in my family that was just a characteristic I mean I was a very happy child I don't think in my early childhood there were any issues whatsoever I think it probably started when my parents got divorced. And you were young, yeah, nine. Oh, so I was 11 and then... Yeah, I really relate to that, Kate, because I, uh, that's when my, all my trauma started as well, when my parents got divorced at 14 too. That's when the symptoms of the epilepsy started. I can really relate to that. So trauma, so to everyone, it's just so different. And some people experience trauma from small things and some from really large things. Yeah, I, I would call myself a highly sensitive person. I would call you that too, Kate. Uh, but that's 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 <laughs> why we love you because you're a beautiful, original, authentic, <laughs> sensitive <you>. being. <laughs> so, okay, so what age were you then when you, you felt like you needed to go to a doctor about this? Well, I'm just trying to think back to when that was. I was probably my late teens, it really started to flag as, you know, this is an issue. It's a little bit tricky to unravel the PMDD from the depression because it's very, very linked. Basically, it yeah, it overlaps. But to answer your question, um, I 
would have been about 18. Just for those that aren't familiar with PMDD, how does that relate into the depression? I've had issues with ongoing depression in my life. However, with the PMDD, it basically means that for about 50% of each month or maybe 60 or 70% of each month, you are really coloured by this disorder and it's a, it, it is a mood disorder. So any depression that's already there obviously becomes exasperated for that period of time. So, yeah, it's a bit like being two different people. And a Gemini as well. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you're like so, yeah. four different people. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, so it, it took me quite some time to um, to understand what was really going on, I guess, and not to identify myself as this problem, which, yeah, it, it actually took quite a long time to get it diagnosed. There really isn't not a lot of um, awareness of PMDD. So, yeah, you know, it was just like, oh, well, you've just got bad PMS these days it's become more wide, widely recognized okay so so when you were when you were a teenager and in your early 20s and you're dealing with this depression that that you're not quite sure and you're still trying to work out what it is were you in a bit of denial around it like so were you doing things in your life that was adding to it like partying and yeah yeah absolutely i was which made it a lot more confusing and, I, I mean, I have the tendency to blame myself for everything that's wrong. So that was happening too. So it was, was it drugs and alcohol that you turned to to try and sort of not have to feel this? Yeah, just to level myself out, I think. Um, yes, drugs and alcohol were definitely a big part of my youth. I won't say regrettably. <laughs> But I almost feel that way. But I, I definitely think that, yeah, my diagnosis had a lot to do with that. A lot to do with which part? Um, with choosing that path of drugs and alcohol from a young age. So you went into that denial period where you're like, I don't want to even know about this diagnosis, so I'm just going to kind of get shit-faced. I didn't really have a diagnosis for a good while but yeah, I definitely knew something wasn't quite right. And then I basically blamed it on myself and the drugs and alcohol. I thought that's what the problem was. So when did, did you start to experiment with different things, considering you weren't getting the diagnosis at this stage? You know, how many years of this did you actually blame yourself before you took that step and just went, you know what, something is absolutely not right here and I don't think it's me and I don't think it's the drugs and alcohol? Um, look, I was about 21 and, you know, I'd been to several doctors and I'd kind of had enough, you know. It was in the early days of the internet too, so I didn't have that much reference from that. Yeah, so I'd, I'd been to several doctors and they kept saying the same thing and I really, yeah, had had enough and I wanted I wanted answers. And what sort of tests did they run at the time to, to try and get the, these answers for you? So in terms of testing, I had 
the bloods and they'd test my hormone levels. And that would always come back um, as completely 100% fine, which is what confused the doctors so much. And then, you know, it would just be, I would just be told you have depression, you know, and anxiety. I finally got the diagnosis with the PMDD around 22, 21, and then it all sort of made a lot more sense. Okay, so things are starting to make sense. Did they put you um, automatically on medication? Was that, what was the prognosis? I mean, I was put on medication around the age of 21 for my depression. They pretty much told me there's nothing that I could do about my PMDD except um, try, you know, herbs like chase tree berry and, you know, lifestyle changes, which I did. And I also tried progesterone cream and, yeah, I tried everything, you know, that I could possibly try for that. What are some of the lifestyle changes that they wanted you that they wanted you to look at at the time? Um, more vitamin B. It really was a long time ago, Lainey. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Did they know you were drinking and things like that? No, no. You know, like they don't, they don't ask those questions, which is ridiculous. Um, I, look, I think some of them did know. I don't remember having a, a solid doctor that I really could go to. So I'd see, you know, a bunch of different doctors. You know, I ended up on the Gold Coast. You know, I live in Byron Bay, but I ended up getting sent up there for a specialist yeah, I'm not sure if it was a specialist, but anyway, no one could kind of help for a while. <laughs> and from the other interviews that I've done too, like so many people say that if if you if if you're going through this and you can't find a doctor that you trust, it makes it so much worse. And obviously, if you're getting thrown from doctor to doctor and no one's being able to help you, that actually makes you feel even more shit that something's wrong with you because you know, these professionals are not coming up with the answers for you. So it does take, it takes a bit of time, I guess, to find the right person. Did you find the right person eventually? Yeah, look, I do have a doctor now who I've stuck with and that I work with this on. But yeah, I've tried other doctors recently and kind of gone, uh, nah. I mean, to, to be clear, I guess when you're talking about my diagnosis, I start leaning towards the PMDD because that's what I see as the biggest problem in my life. But yeah, just to clarify what we're talking about, whether it's the depression or the PMDD, it's, uh, yeah, it's a funny one because it's two separate things, but it's not, you know, they overlap. I guess it's whatever symptoms you display with. It's the same with a lot of people with different diagnoses is, you know, like, let's say particularly like chronic fatigue, is that coming from a thyroid thing or is it coming from something else? Or, you know, there's lots of things that do overlap and and comorbidities that kind of play the part. Interesting though, I mean, you believe, you know that you've had anxiety and depression all your life. So that's not a comorbidity of this PMDD. It sounds like it's all interrelated, as you say. Yeah. So how, so you've, have you been on medication basically for 20 something years or have you had breaks? I got put on antidepressant medication when I was 22. Yeah, so I stayed on that medication for maybe a year and then I went off the medication 
and wasn't on medication for a, a long period of time um, until I was in my late 30s after I'd had children. I got put back on to antidepressants at that point. And, yeah, I, and I'm still on medication now and I'm 43. Now I know I know a bit about your story, so I know where to lead this interview a little bit because I know that you've tried You've always questioned whether you want to be on antidepressants. They kind of help and then they kind of don't help and then the side effects and all the other shit that goes with having to be on them. But I think at this stage you've come to to find some peace with the fact that it does help you a little bit. But what I want to get into with you now is that you've also found another little avenue for yourself where I know that you've never felt better but you're using it as a, uh, as a, as an adjunct therapy with your antidepressants. So I'm going to let you talk a little bit about that if you don't mind. Um, yeah, so I started using um, psilocybin six months ago on, on a microdosing regime. So I'll just stop you there. Psilocybin is the, is the active ingredient in mushrooms, magic mushrooms. It's actually a... Um, plant alkaloid that is kind of like an 5-HT receptor agonist that helps like serotonin sort of on the same pathway as serotonin would you agree with that yes similar it uh it does hit one of the other receptors to what the antidepressant hits with the serotonin but it does hit yeah one of those receptors that you were just named i went into it with full research on board obviously I was wanting to try and work out if it was safe to take both substances and I established the fact that it's fine eventually and yeah it it has helped me remarkably it helped me from day one it walked in my door and I had just been thinking about whether it would be appropriate for me to do that recently and then there it was. And yeah, I was happier than I had ever been in my life after starting this type of medicine. Yeah, it's interesting, especially psilocybin. There's a few teacher plants and psilocybin is one, is what they call a teacher plant. Cannabis is another, DMT, yeah. salvia. There's a few teacher plants and, and it's that same saying, when the, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And so obviously that's what's happened to you, yeah. that this teacher plant has appeared in your life. So you've done a lot of research around it. Were you, you know, what actually by taking it, because you're microdosing, which means what? like to you what, what what does microdosing psilocybin how do you explain how it works for you so I've been doing five days on two days off that's a regime that comes from the advice of um, Paul Stamets um, who's widely recognized as the mushroom guru he spent his whole life studying mushrooms um so yeah I'm on that regime my dosage is significantly higher than your average person and that's largely because of my medication it's different for everyone the effects that it will have on them if they are on medication in my case it's had a wonderful effect outstanding so so has it decreased 
so on the medication you were still feeling anxious and yeah I I was yeah and obviously the PMDD it's all these are all things that I'm still dealing with obviously but with the mushrooms on board it's made me feel much more centered a lot more love for myself a lot more confidence and it's massively helped with my depression and anxiety and PMDD. It's pretty marvellous. Um, I might get you to, we, we might put some links of, of, of where you researched it in the um, podcast uh, no, notes Yeah. Uh, because it is a personal journey and it, it isn't for everyone. Like we, like we said, you know, it, you've got to be ready for this. It's not a recreational approach to to your no. health it needs to be done with integrity and for a result you know if you're going to use these things as medicine there needs to be a lot of integrity on board with it yeah well I mean it's going to be different for for everyone and you know I do recognize that it is medicinal for me and I can still function well in my life with you know those medications on board um, I've got two small children. I run a business. So it's not like I'm just, you know, blessing out all day in some sort of strange bubble. <laughs> I guess it's important to say that it helps you function. It, it's not a hallucinogenic. You're not it, taking it, it, it for helps. hallucinogenic purposes. It helps. It's a, it, That's it, correct. It, it helps write some of the neural pathways in your brain that otherwise aren't connecting properly. I think that's really important to sort of suggest for people that are maybe like going, oh, she's just getting fucked up. Yeah, look, it's 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 a big topic. It's it's yeah, it's hard to compress into a short um, podcast. <laughs> mm, yeah, but it's helping you, and that's really what we what we want. Are there any other lifestyle changes you've had to make around being both on antidepressants and the psilocybin? Anything else that's that you're doing that's assisting with those three? things that you deal with anxiety depression and the pmdd so not drinking alcohol was a big lifestyle change i made which massively helps were you drinking like daily and you've just gone to nothing or are you just like not drinking at all drinking daily gone to nothing you can see a significant drop in the anxiety and depression is that what you're saying absolutely a hundred percent massive drop in anxiety and depression Anything else that you can share with people that, that that you've done that actually helps it? Yep, so definitely meditation and yoga. Any exercise helps so much and it really surprised me that none of the doctors told me to do that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's not, it's not a, a cure and I don't think really in my case with the PMDD, there's not really a cure with the depression yeah I mean they said it was treatment resistant I know it's there I know that I'm always up against that however I would say I'm in remission from depression now oh my god I running man dance hello yeah it's it's a big call far out oh yeah (laughs) it's it's still there. It still visits me, but it's not running my life. 
That's amazing. Amazing. So do you know what your triggers are to avoid though? Because because it's if it's still there, then it's like the, my epilepsy. I know that the seizures will probably never go away, but it's about management. So do you know what triggers bring it on more than others? Yeah, look, not having enough time to myself is a big thing. Massively helps for me to have time to myself and to not have too many pressures I mean I was managing several events on one weekend whilst I had a small child and moving house all at the same time for a while there and that didn't help (laughs) so my life's a lot more simple now which is great well that's medicine in itself isn't it it's all comes comes back to self-love and wisdom and knowing what you know what's gonna freak your brain out and trying to avoid that Oh, yes. <laughs> you got to be careful. Yeah. Well, I would love to talk more about just the the psilocybin part of things, but that's a whole different episode and we might do that another time. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. But what my last question is, if if you had some parting words to say to others that are going through the same thing as you or or parts of the same thing as you, what would what would you say to people on their journeys? of self-discovery? I would say don't lose hope. Keep trying. Keep trying different doctors. Keep trying different combinations of things. And try to remember to be grateful. It's really hard, I know, to change your attitude. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> but I would say just don't lose hope. Why do you think it's hard to change your attitude? I'm curious. Well, you know, a lot of people will give that to you, you know, when you've got depression or whatever. They'll say, I'll just change your attitude, which can be really hard to take. I mean, I I try, you try, you know, you're pushing uphill, you know, it's, um, but you've got to keep trying and um, it does help, you know, every little thing helps and, and affirmations like saying, to yourself, I can do this, I can do this. I mean, that does make a big difference, but I just don't want to come across as having that simple approach where it's just, you know, change your attitude because it's not that simple. I don't think it's really an attitude, really, is it? It's a, it's, it's a chemical imbalance. Like it could, it's so many other things than just an attitude. Yeah. I mean, atti- attitude yeah. is part of it because you can feel. It's affected. Yeah. yeah because you can feel a bit defeated when you're dealing with this every single day. So, yes, there's definitely shit that you can tell yourself in your head. Yeah. Look, I think with the psilocybin aspect, what's greatly helped me is the fact that it's taken me out of my default network in my brain. So that's, you know, a place where I was telling myself the same negative stories and had all these terrible self-beliefs that were repeating themselves in my mind so that it was neural pathways that have now been broken or removed. I don't, I mean, I do go back to them, but with the um, psilocybin, that has particularly helped to take me away from, from that broken record sort of thing that was just getting me nowhere 
that's where I find that medicine really interesting. Also, a lot of people will be held back by the idea that you cannot take an antidepressant with psilocybin. And I'm, of course, not giving any medical advice at all. But, you know, when you look deeply into it, there are, you know, Facebook groups, for example, with a lot of anecdotal evidence. Yeah, it's interesting. I guess one of the wrap-up questions I have for you, Kate, is, and this is what I ask everyone as well, is would you say that you love your diagnosis? Well, I wouldn't say that I love my diagnosis, but I have come to a much greater level of acceptance with it, which makes it so much easier to manage. Is that because you've taken personal responsibility over it or is that because you think you've outsourced it to the drugs and the shrooms? I think it's a combination of both. And I think it's also largely due to exercise, yoga, walking, cycling. That's a great help. Yeah, all the endorphin dopamine enhancing stuff. Yeah, that you weren't, are you saying that you weren't doing that before? No, I've always done exercise most of my adult life. Okay, not always, but most of it. Increasing the exercise has been great. Being really conscious of keeping that in my daily practice as a good habit and ritual. Can I ask you this because we didn't discuss this, but with the PMDD, did you ever go on hormone replacement things like has anyone ever looked into your thyroid or endocrine issues with this and put you on medication to do with that instead of just depression medication yes my thyroid would always get tested and always come up fine I did eventually try going on to the pill and worked for a while and then became a total disaster It's not something that I would recommend as a first-line medication for the PMDD. And my last question question to wrap it up really is, do you think you've found your medicine for, for now, as in do you have any thoughts of getting off either one of them anytime soon? No. And feeling that you're cured, in inverted commas? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm feeling a lot better. The whole COVID stress stuff has, you know, put another layer on it. That's a whole nother topic. But yeah, look, I do feel cured, but of course I don't know what's next. So, you know, my medication could stop working at any point, but I'm lucky that I have a good supply of the psilocybin and I I can measure my dosage and keep that steady. So yeah, I'm not planning on changing any of that cocktail soon unless I need to adjust it. Yeah. Okay. Great answer. Thanks so much, Kate, for your honesty and bravery in sharing your story. I know that there's a shitload more of your story, but um, we've nutshelled it out pretty well, I think. Thanks, Lainey. Uh, Yeah, definitely took bravery. (laughs) 
Yes, and you've done you've done well because uh, you know all that tech stuff nearly had you on the floor. So before <laughs> we started, so <laughs> so um, thanks, darling. It was great to see your face. Yeah, we'll do another one on the psilocybin, just the psilocybin because it's so interesting. Yeah, let's do that. Cool. Okay, thanks, Lainey. Bye, darling. Bye. The Love Your Diagnosis podcast is proudly produced by me. Yet another cracking episode of Love Your Diagnosis. Today, we really unlocked, you know, depression is such a big, major thing in people's lives, in so many people's lives, whether it comes in fleetingly or whether you've had it all your life peppered in and out. Depression is definitely a thing that can affect people in different ways. In Kate's case, she's been battling it for a very long time, not knowing what it was. It's not really related to one particular thing for her either and her anxiety. It's actually related to a deeper problem that's rooted into her uh, hormones. And that's taken a really long time for her to be able to get a hold of and accept so like many people, you, t- you try and turn to find some answers or even go into denial in Kate's case where she turned to drugs and alcohol as a way of coping with the fact that she felt so out of touch with herself and her body. So you turn to external substances to try and find that peace within yourself, which ends up really like playing havoc anyway with you because it's all a bit of escapism. Finally, she's found her answer with antidepressants and been on a journey with that most of her life, but really actually like settling into accepting that she needs them now. But what Kate has found in her journey is that microdosing psilocybin with her antidepressants that's put her on an even keel and made her finally feel some kind of, in inverted commas, normal. If you want to find out more information about PMDD or little bits of information that you can go down a rabbit hole yourself and research about psilocybin and microdosing, look in the podcast notes and there are some links there that I've shared with you to um, look into it. Just keep in mind psilocybin and using it as a medicine is not a recreational escape, it's actually medicine to assist your brain to function in a way that potentially in your day-to-day life it hasn't got access to so it's creating new neural pathways via a different kind of medicine i really hope you enjoyed this episode if you would like to be on the podcast yourself and share your story and some little snippets of gold please get in touch with me this podcast is actually for you the listener to help you in your own health journeys if you like what you've heard today leave a review you've taken the time to listen you may as well have a chat about it and Put it on Apple Podcasts because then my rating will go up like my sex drive when I see a review. That's a good one. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn a little bit more about other options for what you can utilize for your wellness journey, click on the link below to the Happy Herb Company. They've got lots of amazing products to assist in getting you started in your wellness journey. Thanks again for listening. I'm Lainey Chait.